0: It is. I'm Charles Holmes for The Ringer Music Show.
1: And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog.
0: And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale,
1: the mixtapes, the Lucys, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast
0: feed only on Spotify. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV.
1: Welcome to the Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me, as he does every Tuesday from the ringer.com, is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin and Kevin
0: O'Climber, Kevin Bruno! What's up, man? How you doing? Not
1: a ton of news. We are going to get to a bunch of mailbag questions today. <laughs> uh, but since we last spoke, just a few things that have happened. Uh, the first is the biggest news one of the giants of the game, Bill Russell passed away over the weekend and I must say that I have been, I've been delighted to see uh, the retrospectives and so many people having an awareness of Bill Russell in a way that it's unfortunate that when someone passes that you end up getting the greatest awareness of uh, a legend but that's the way it works and so as people are chronicling the life and times of Bill Russell it's truly amazing. Uh, what he accomplished, both on and off the court, in a life well lived, and I've been I've been delighted to see it all. Over the, I think there's been a lot of great tributes, um, for great reason. And you know we throw around legend or legendary a lot, but if there's ever anyone that fit it, it's Bill Russell. This is one of the greatest athletes to ever walk the earth. And I'm sure that you, as someone growing up in the Massachusetts area from a very early age, had an
0: awareness of Bill Russell. For sure. Uh, you know, I learned about some Celtics legends a lot growing up. I learned about Bill Russell and Larry Bird. I learned about Avlicek and, you know, and all these different types of players and all their different roles on the teams uh, and all that. And I mean, I think... Logan Murdoch said it well on his piece that he wrote on TheRinger.com about it. He said, Bill Russell's presence will live long past his physical form. And it's the truth. I mean, the impact that he made on the NBA, um, but also, of course, outside the NBA um, with everything that he was involved in. And I think with with Bill Russell doing that at the time, um, it really does. It, it really made for an emotional day in terms of the range of tributes. You could talk about him with his basketball you know legendary status on the court you could talk about everything he did with Martin Luther King Muhammad Ali and over the course of time Bill Russell never went away I mean for a short amount of time like after he coached the Kings he kind of was away from the NBA but as long as I've followed the league Bill Russell's always been around and has always been a presence around young players and I was I was googling you know Bill Russell quotes and all that cuz like that dude's full of wisdom. I thought this was a good one that I just wanted to share with you real quick, Chris. It says, I don't have very many regrets, not because I lived a perfect life, but because life is a bunch of rolling hills, not mountains or speed bumps instead of stop signs. And so you come to a situation and it's neither good or bad. It just is. And what it means to you is what's your take on it. But the second part of the equation is what are you going to do about it? A lot of times I'm completely wrong, but all you do is back up and start over.
1: Mm. You know, many years ago I got to interview Bill Russell. Um, he had written a book called Red and Me and it was about he and Red Auerbach. And I would encourage any one of our listeners to go get that book. The book is great. It's called Red and Me. He came out with the book and this is 2009. The reason I know is because everything that I did on our local show, uh, my producer, John Roser, is very tedious in terms of archiving everything we've ever done. And so he was like, do you still have that Russell interview? Because when I, every once in a while when I'm doing an interview, someone will ask me, who's the favorite person you've ever interviewed? And he's always on the very short list for me because it was one of the most shocking interviews I ever did, it just was not, What I expected. He was absolutely hilarious. And it was in 2009. And I know that because I archived, I went and I found it. We replayed it on my show today. And I hadn't heard it in years, but his sense of humor, um, his ability to tell stories, like everything about it, I was just blown away. And at the time, it's crazy to think back that's 13 years ago, but the interview kind of gained some traction because. He revealed to me during the course of our conversation that he was a huge Trekkie. And I was blown away. He loved Star Trek and ended our interview with Live Long and Prosper. That's what he said <laughs> at the end of the interview. And throughout the entire time, everything I talked to him, he would, he would, vacillate from serious to funny. I remember at one point I asked him, you know, I'm reading this book and it just seems like the perfect coach for the perfect player at the time. And you wonder, you know, sliding doors moment, what happens if you guys don't match up? And he said, you know, I've thought about that. And he said, if I never met Red Auerbach, I probably would have only won three or four championships and Red would have won none. (laughs) and I have thought about that so many times over the years him saying I would have won three or four championships he would have known none and he loved loved Red Auerbach and it was one of those tandems perfect player for the perfect coach right and so uh, one of my all time favorites for sure Uh, and just shockingly not what I expected And so getting to see all those tributes and some of the interview clips that he's done over the years, he's one of those names that people will be bringing up till the end of time, you know, regarding the NBA for sure. And and I love it when every once in a while I'll watch my son playing a game. And Bill Russell is absolutely awesome on 2K, which is exactly how it should be. (laughs) If you got Bill Russell, he's blocking everything and he's carrying every <laughs> rebound, bro. And it gives all the these kids forever will know how awesome Bill Russell is. Because, you know, you don't, don't want to go up against him in the game. No, I mean, don't shoot threes with him.
0: But <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't shoot threes with him. Everything get, else just about he's everything doing. Else. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you see, you see it all that old highlight footage of him. That dude flew up the court. He was a, he was a modern day athlete in the nineteen sixties. Like he could he could do it all, rotating on, on the perimeter. You know, coming to help inside, block shots. Bill Russell did it all back then.
1: Bonafide winner too. Won yeah. in
0: San Francisco. Oh yeah, won everywhere he went. Everywhere he went. He won yep. every level. He won, and I love that 1969 last championship. The clip of him being interviewed after the game, when he's just talking about it's these guys, it's these guys in this locker room. You know, even even in that moment after his 11th championship, Eleven. ring, he's still, yeah, he's still talking about everybody else in that room. It's so pretty cool. wild. Yeah, so wild. A, tr- a true winner, on and off.
1: Rest in peace, Bill Russell. Uh The only other thing that's happened is like the tampering stuff coming out. You know, the Jalen Brunson stuff with the Knicks. The uh, the stuff of the 76ers, B.J. Tucker, Daniel House. Hey, the Celtics signed
0: Bruno Cabocla, too, and Noah Vonley. That, that's yeah, that's some awesome. news. Yeah, that's some news. Yeah,
1: well, the we don't talk about Bruno. Um, Bruno was here in Memphis for a long time. I saw him. Yeah, you have him. He played in summer league.
0: I saw him out in Vegas. The Buck's got uh, Damare Carroll as an assistant coach, too. Really? Yeah. There was a DeMar- DeMar- Carroll going on booting holes staff. Yeah, he was on that 60-win team. Yeah. Warriors yeah. got you, Michael Green. That's another thing.
1: Yeah, that did happen. So the tampering thing, you know, doesn't it feel like the NBA, the NBA has to dock somebody like a second-round pick when somebody calls it bitches about tampering? That's how this feels to
0: me. Yeah, I agree.
1: You know, they don't take it that seriously. They know that everybody talks before June 30th. Nobody's under the impression. I mean, you got Woj and Shams unloading the clip as soon (laughs) as free agency starts. Like, when do you think, unless you want to believe all this got negotiated in one minute's Uh, time, then everybody's got to be talking, recruiting each other, whatever else.
0: And Dude, dude, it's amazing, like, how many contract details you you hear about. It's amazing. Like, right on the button. So nobody like, even. We, we, and it's weeks before the yeah. agency actually begins. Weeks. So
1: nobody even acts like it, and then no. it feels like. Then whoever the aggrieved party is calls up bitches, says, "Yo, why do we even have these rules if you guys aren't going to enforce them? I couldn't even get a meeting with the guy. The agent told me he already had something set up with them. <laughs> this is bogus. Blah blah blah." And then they say, "Oh, okay," and then they dock him a second round pick for it. So it's like, little it's, slap on the yeah, if somebody bitches about it, then they have to like address it and then they have to do something. So here's the thing, either get rid of all the tampering stuff or deal with it in a very serious manner. Because the truth of the matter is it is absolutely worth a second round pick. Let's just say the oh, Bulls yeah. were guilty as charged of tampering with Lonzo Ball. Okay, fine. I'll give you a second round pick. It was worth it to tamper. Or I got Kyle Lowry. It was worth it. Or I got P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Okay, take a second-round pick from us, whatever it may be. But if unless you're going to dock them, you know, 10 million bucks, or you're going to take away a first-round pick or something, then let's stop acting. And it's so crazy to see the contrast in, I don't know if you saw that story this morning about the Dolphins, with Sean Payton and Tom Brady. And they said they found them to be guilty of tampering. All right,
0: But they not of tanking, right? That was right. the part that they, that they weren't apparently guilty but of.
1: they fined the guy, $1.5 million. They took away a first-round pick and a third-round pick. That's a lot. Immense. That's An a immense ton. Yeah. penalty. And so if you don't want stuff like that happening, I will say on, the, on this front, the NFL's had a bad, bad week. But on this front, like they make sure that you don't tamper. And the crazy thing is the Dolphins didn't even get anything to show for it. It's not like it might have been worth it if Tom Brady was your quarterback or Sean Payton was your coach. But it would it's be absolutely worth it. <laughs> not worth it when yeah. they weren't. You know what I mean? This is like the Bucks having to give up a second round pick for not getting Bogdanovich. You know, if you get the guy, it's worth tampering in the NBA. If but I mean. There's certainly no question that it was not worth it for the Dolphins, who came up empty-handed on both the Peyton and Brady front and now are going to lose a first-round pick and a third-round pick and money. So if the NBA wants to take that seriously, then they'll start penalizing. You take away a first-round pick, people would stop. So, so, That's what do you a think rap. is the
0: better path? Do you think it's better for the NBA to crack down harder with stiffer, you know, fines and penalties, or in the form of first-round draft picks and whatnot, or would it be better for them to be like, you know what, let's stop screwing around here because we're never going to catch every t- every little instance of tampering that ever happens, so we're just going to mm-hmm. play hands off here and just not find it at all and just let it happen. I'm not dead set on what that choice should be. You're open to either path? Is that what you're saying? Like, depending on yeah, what these precise the are? Yeah, yeah, if you
1: just want to say, you know what, we're not even going to care about this, then fine. But if you're going to care about it, then deter people. Like, penalize it. You know? I mean, it's kind of like if you, if you had a speed limit and there's never a cop. Okay. What do you expect? or if they if you got fined 5 bucks and your insurance didn't go up if you got a ticket what would stop me from driving 90 except for the safety portion of it but really i mean if the penalty is that i'm going to get fined 5 bucks and my insurance isn't going to go up so what and that's kind of how the that's kind of how that is but if you're going to get a big penalty and your insurance is going to go up and it's going to cause you a bunch of problems then Maybe you slow down a little bit, right? And so I think that's either take it seriously or don't. But just choose which one you want to do. But these headlines of, so, oh, you think the Knicks? And the Knicks thing, I mean, the, the man <laughs> just must have bitched about it. Yeah, Bro, it's his dad and, like, basically his <laughs> godfather. He's known Leon yeah, know. Rose since he knew his dad.
0: Yeah, well, that, well, that's the thing. It's like, what are you supposed to do? Not allow them to talk. Yeah, they, they might have talked about it. Are you, you going to ban family members? I know you're going to ban family members, longtime friends from talking. It's impossible to police it.
1: Impossible. You to can't. Police
0: it's it. impossible.
1: Yeah, but they have to. They have to put up this act like they care about it, and then they really don't care about it until somebody calls them bitches, and then somebody calls them bitches, and they're like, "All right, now you get give <laughs> them a second round pick." Yeah, because. You shouldn't have done that. And that's the end of that.
0: Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com.
1: All right, so we put out uh, the bad signal last night to get some mailbag questions because we're going to try to do that for a summer episode and see what our listeners uh, wanted answered. We pulled up a bunch of them. Kevin, what do we got?
0: All right, let's start off with this question from Michael. Michael likes pod. Uh, which second-year player will be a household name by the end of the season? Okay, household, household name. That that's like heavy stuff. So does that mean like a Scotty Barnes who already won Rookie of the Year, or is he already a household name? Is it what? Is it a guy got that, a household name in his own household? What? Well, I mean, Barnes. I'm just talking, like what is huh. what? Is, well, let's define household name. Evan Mobley, Jalen. I think it's
1: fair, but it's uh, well. Is it like a Nobody's Moses Moody? A, is it a
0: Moses Moody coming up on the Warriors having a consistent role?
1: Okay. I'll say this. I'll say nobody. Nobody's nobody. gonna be a household name. Not a household name. So what is right. that? who is who
0: is a household name? John That's like,
1: Oh, there's no question Moranth is now th- the The non-NBA fan can have an awareness of Ja Morant.
0: So a household name is something like a casual basketball fan. Yeah,
1: I mean, Morant's in Spider-Man commercials.
0: Yeah. Come on. It's a different level of fame. It's somebody of that status. So if that's the case, I'd say nobody. If that's the bar. I I don't think Cade Cunningham will be a household name yet.
1: But household amongst NBA fans? Now, I think we should broach that one. I think it would be one of those Like, Cade, Green, Barnes, or Giddy. That's what I'd say. One of those four, so then you have to decide. I think Cade will probably get a little overshadowed by the Ivy Dunks that will inevitably become massive highlights because he's not a spectacular highlight guy. Green is. Green is a spectacular highlight guy, but that team's going to suck and they're never going to be on national television. So that's tough. Same thing goes with Oklahoma City. They're going to be the better team, and they're exciting, but that's going to be kind of a fun league pass team. So Scotty um, Barnes. I don't think any of them are going to be on TV enough because Toronto won't either. You know?
0: Well,
1: and Scotty Barnes, Barnes is,
0: does, does have a whole country, though.
1: It's usually highlight factories, though. Yeah. That's the guys. Wouldn't you say Green's got the? He's got the best chance to have the best highlights, the ones sure. that, like the viral stuff. Maybe go for fifty-something yeah. points. Maybe straddle somebody's head on a dunk. Like that's kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Kaminga Moody, they won't play enough. They won't play enough. Not when they're bringing back Wiggins and Green and those guys. I mean, that's going to be another year of them not. They're not going to be. They're going to be reserve players, so yeah, I guess Green, Mobley's not a highlight guy either.
0: Yeah, Green, Green or Barnes, I think the, the one of those makes sense for different yeah, reasons. I think
1: just to hit, I think just to hit the level of fame, and you could see Jalen Green averaging a billion points too.
0: So similar question, you know, just along those lines from. Andy, he said, which team is most likely to make a Memphis-like leap next season? Could it be, could the household name be a player on a team like Toronto? You know, does Toronto get even better than 48 wins last year? Is it Cleveland? Are they they taking a leap? Somebody like that? I think that's the New Orleans? I
1: I think the safest bet, look, the Memphis-type leap is really crazy to pull off because you're a play-in team that then had the second seed. Yeah. It's very unlikely for anybody to be the second seed, but I think you named both. Pelicans, Cleveland. Those would be the two that you could foresee a circumstance where they... Cleveland, before they got destroyed by injuries, were around the 4-5 area you know.
0: Another year, Darius Garland better, Mobley better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kevin Love's still there. They running it back with Rubio, who the Rubio injury was a killer last year. And then Mobley got hurt. And I mean, they just got really ravaged. They had a really good record for a long time. And then that last month and a half just went to hell in a handbasket. And then they had to play in the play-in. So you're talking about a play-in team that could make, a big leap to be solidly in the mix, I think your best bets would be Pelicans and
0: Cleveland. I'd bet on the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I
0: think that's fair. Get Zion back. Obviously, it's a big if, but if if Zion is able to stay healthy with Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and some of the guys they have in that rotation, Herb Jones, I really like their rookie Dyson Daniels. He's going to be able to play right away. Larry Nance, who you know I love Chris. Alvarado, Trey Murphy came along late in the year. The Willie the Green thing too. looked good. Yeah, dude. I mean, like they get a heck of a lot yep. of talent. You never mind Valentinous, you know how good he is. At know, the people fives. forget how
1: and, and I think that it has gotten lost. What an absolute freak Zion is when he does play. He's never been bad when he's played. No,
0: he's, always, he's, he's, been, he's been awesome. He's never been less
1: than amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's been incredible.
1: It's not like he was ever even, like, hampered. We never even saw him be average. No. He's either playing, and he's one of the best players, or he's not playing. But, you know, so some of those guys, like, you know, we talk about some of the other ones, like the Greg Oden thing. It wasn't like Greg Oden, when he played, was going to get you 25 and 16. Like he's pretty good.
0: Yeah, when he played, he was young. He was a kid. He was still learning. It. Whereas Zion was just amazing right away.
1: Easily the most physically imposing player we have in the league, and I don't even think it's close.
0: I mean, I don't know what the, the hell
1: you do with him. The, the I, last... I, I saw him, his second year, when he averaged whatever it was, twenty. is this this towards
0: the end of the year when Van Gundy put the ball in his hands had Zion run point, he was averaging like 29 points, 6 assists 6 rebounds, it was absurd efficiency, he was a dominant force
1: I watched him come to Memphis and I turned to my buddy and I said to him at the end of the first quarter I said, I don't even know what, what they're expected, there's nobody on that roster that has a chance in hell of stopping him nobody Like he makes Dylan Brooks look tiny. He look. I mean, he he's too big for your smaller guys, and he's too quick for your big guys. I was like, they need to go like sign like Aaron Donald or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't know where you're gonna grow somebody that can deal with this guy. So that's the thing. I am a look. I've made my jokes like everybody else, but. There is no doubt. I have full on 100% respect for that guy when he gets on the court. When he gets on the court, he is a bitch. Oh my God. (laughs) There's not, I don't, I have not seen anything like him when he's going. Not even LeBron. I'm not kidding. There's just nothing. He's, you gotta see him in no, person. There, there's, to there's it. No, there's not. There's nothing so, like Zion. He looks like a football player.
0: Yeah, you say. I mean, you say not even like Le- LeBron because LeBron had that perimeter feel. Like he's still he's still probing, right. looking around. Zion is just explosive, downhill, bruising. He's the boulder, you know, going down the lane, chasing Indiana Jones. Like it's just you're not stopping him. You're just gonna run away, get out of the way. That's it. You could probably find the old
1: clip of me saying, I was like, it's like a freaking Super LeBron.
0: It's like a <laughs> Super like, LeBron, yeah. <laughs> it was like
1: something from a Marvel movie. Yeah. Just ripping the ball away from people, grabbing rebounds. I mean, I watched the game where he threw Rudy Gobert in the fourth row go Gobert, Pre-
0: and that was preseason. I remember that first happening. It probably happened just during like, the regular get season, but the memory, the memory in my head, was preseason when he did he that. Lowered his shoulder, Gobert. yeah. <laughs> and he,
1: he lowered his shoulder, and the guy just went yeah. flying.
0: It's like this is the best rim protector there is in the league. And, and the thing with Zion is also when Van when Gunny started putting the ball on his hands, letting oh. him bring, it, bring it up the court, one more pick and roll. You saw Forget the playmaking it. feel. His ability to draw another help defender, kick it out, find a teammate for a dump off inside. Zion's got some playmaking feel too. So, I don't know, man. You plug him back on in this Pelican team that looked damn good after getting CJ McCollum. You add that all up together. If, biggest, if, the biggest if, if Zion is healthy, they're going to be like, Potentially making a deep playoff run—that's the yeah, way I it's feel. A, about well, it.
1: You, you're going to have to see how it is all going to mess because those are guys that have all had the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're how,
1: right. You're right. There's none of them are role players.
0: You're right. CJ, Ma- CJ can play off ball though. He can. We know he can. He did with Dame. None of those four players. Herb's a role player. None of
1: those four guys are role players. CJ, Brandon, Zion, Jonas—none of them. None of them are role players. All guys that take shots. There's nobody that just keeps the ball moving and doesn't need, you know, the looks. And so that's that's always the issue with teams that have that that many guys like that.
0: You're talking about like them falling into your turn, my turn, right? No movements, right? Well, yeah. And they had pretty good movement last year, though. I mean, granted, Zion changes everything. You know, if you have a presence like him, you're right. I, I, just, I just think if you're Willie Green, the amount of lineup combinations you have, you can play with Jonas at the five. Mm-hmm. You could play with like a Herb Jones, Zion, Larry Nance, front court, and be supersized, but also still have flexibility that small ball lineups tend to provide. And I don't know, I just think there's so many different combinations that they're never going to have a weak lineup that that's, that's the way I'm thinking about that Pelicans team with what Willie Green could do on it. So you're right, like maybe if you have all four of them on the court at once, they got a lot to work out, but almost all of the lineups is going to have at least one, probably two. And that's going to that's where like all the pieces are going to really start to blend together in a in a really nice way I think for them. We'll see though. It'll be very interesting with the Pelicans because they have to prove it and the big if is still Zion. So even with them I've I've said before how they should go for Kevin Durant. They should trade Ingram and picks for Kevin Durant. Do you think they should do something like that if Katie were open to actually going there? Is that worth it? Yes. Okay, I agree. I think it's the no brainer. <laughs> Kevin Durant I, and and I love Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I love Brandon Ingram so much. I once said the Lakers should be hesitant if trading you get, him you get Kevin for Kawhi. Durant, you get Kevin Durant. Yes, you go get and also because you get to capitalize uh, on what you're going to think is like going to be a healthy Zion season. You can think about five years down the line, six years down the line. But let's just be real with Zion. Like he's fragile and his weight. His size, with his explosiveness, yep. the injury history—you get the time. The time is now. That's when you got to go forward. If you are the Pelicans, so if you get if Katie says, you know what, I'll live in New Orleans from October until maybe June, I can do that. You go out there and you do it, even though you love burning Ingram. You go. Out, you go get Kevin Durant. This
1: is from our buddy Kirk Henderson. What's the best game you've ever seen in person? That's a good question. I
0: think you best. First? Yeah, best game. That I ever saw in person. Um, I think the first one that comes to mind is Isaiah Thomas scoring 53 for the Celtics against the Wizards. Um, just, you know, the the emotional weight of that game after losing his sister dealing with the injuries. He had a mouth injury, never and of course the hip injury. Um for him to go out there and score the way he did, like that was that was an emotional night at T D Garden. Like the whole the whole game was probably it might be the loudest that I can remember an arena getting. That arena was a, was just absolutely crazy that night. And um, that fan base loved Isaiah Thomas so, 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 so much. So for the little guy, for the little guy, um, shout out to Tommy Heinsohn to go out there and have one of the best performances of his entire life, one of the best performances I've ever seen. 53 points on 33 shots on May 2nd, 2017, Celtics won 129. 119 in overtime. Um Isaiah Thomas. Uh that that's the best performance I've ever seen and um I feel like I I feel it emotionally because of what it felt like in that building that night. Think uh I think probably the
1: I've got ones that probably I think about more, but maybe just in terms of competition wise I can't remember which year it was. Maybe it was it's a 2011 or 2012, game four against the Thunder, the Grizzlies played them, and it went to triple overtime, which you very rarely see. At the end of regulation, Mike Conley hit a three. At the end of overtime, Grievous Vasquez hit a three. And then... uh. Then there was a tie-up by Harden hit a three. This one, they still had Harden. And Westbrook had like 40. He was amazing. Durant had like 35. Harden had points. Uh, Zach Randolph was great. Marcus Gasol was great. You had Conley hit a huge shot. Vasquez hit a huge shot. And Oklahoma City ended up winning that game. But I remember being at that game thinking, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> like when you see... Uh, game tying at the end of one overtime, game tying at the end of two overtime. And that really did lose them the series. That what, Whoever won that game was probably going to win that series, the game four. because uh, And so it probably cost them the series and it was a loss uh, for Memphis, but that game was amazing. Amazing. What year was that, you said? I think it was 11.
0: Is that right? 2011. 2011, second round. Game four. Game four. 133-123, OKC. Three overtimes. Yeah. That's crazy. Three overtimes. Yep. 13-13 in the first overtime, 10-10 in the second overtime, then 14-4 in the final overtime.
1: Went to training camp next year and was talking to Lionel Hollins, who was the coach of the team, and there was a play in that game where Harden hits a three where Westbrook drives in, and he gets under the basket, no man's land, and he throws it all the way out to James Harden, who hits a huge three that kept that game going. And in the huddle, they had said, nobody leave, Harden, nobody leave, nobody leave your man, nobody leave your man. But as, as as Westbrook went barreling to the basket, Grievous Vasquez went barreling to the basket behind him also, as everybody, and then he threw it all the way out and Harden hit the three. And now this is some Maska stuff. Uh, Lionel had that play as the screensaver on his iPad. Oh my God. No, look, and... Grievous Vasquez got traded before the next season started. It's one of the best backup point guards they ever had. I, I think it was really he was not going to be able to look at him. Ever. They traded him before his second year. <laughs> he had just hit monster playoff shots as a rookie. And they traded him. And I know it was because of that play. It was 100% of that play. They weren't going to get over it. Made a mistake.
0: Made a mistake. I just and if pulled, I'm not mistaken, I just pull, I just so that was up the play. I, I just pull, I He definitely made a mistake. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he made a huge mistake. <laughs> he made a mistake. Yeah, he did. I mean, he recovered to the shot. It's just it's too late at that point.
1: Yep. That game was amazing, but they they traded him. They traded him because of that play. Make no mistake about that. He had a really good rookie year. It was and a it was, great pass
0: uh, by Westbrook, by the way. I just want to acknowledge it that it was, it was a, a really a great. great gr- it was a great pass by Russ. Well,
1: and that one, that one killed them because if I'm not mistaken, that's the year the Mavs won, right? Yep. they killed the Mavs in the regular season. They owned them. So it was like if we could, if we would have won mm-hmm. that, then we were. Get, they had already knocked off the number one seed in the Spurs, so they felt like that might have been a chance at the finals if they could have gotten to the Mavs because it was a bad matchup for the Mavs.
0: Are you, um with the Grizzlies today, with the core that you have, do you ever worry it's not going to be enough because of what it, what happened in the early 2010s? Or does this just feel like a new, brand new clean slate and totally. you're not even worried about the past? Okay, yeah. good. I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. It's been 10 years. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious. Well, I'm, saying- I'm, sure, I'm sure for some Grizzlies fans, it's like, you know, it's You'll never recreate that. No. And that was a totally different vibe. But that's totally what made
1: everybody fans. You got to understand. Yes. They were, they were the only franchise that was 0-16
0: mm-hmm. in the playoffs. They had never won a playoff game. It's insane. They got swept all the other times in the 2000s.
1: Thanks, Pal Gasol.
0: <laughs> who were who the coaches of those teams? Was uh QB a coach for one of those? Hubie Brown and Mike Fratelli. Okay, wow, okay.
1: Wow. All right, next question. Uh, This one's from Steven. Markel Fultz, a sleeper for most improved player next season, was among the best playmakers in a short time he played last year. From what I see, he's plus 12,500 to win it next season? Okay. So... Uh, that is, that's not a, that's not a sleeper. That's a snorer.
0: Yeah. It's a snorer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. That, that's like, get, get in your new snore. Term. That, that's get your snore checked at the doctor's yeah. level snoring. That's not a sleeper, yeah. bro. He's yeah. a
1: snorer if he's plus 12,500. But,
0: it, but, but he's right about Fultz though. That Fultz has gotten better. Um, or at least has showed signs of getting better, I should say. It's not like he's done it over 80, 80 games. So, but what does that do
1: for you? Got Suggs, you got Anthony. Yeah, I, you got. I
0: just, I just think when it comes to um, when it comes to Fultz's chances at most improved player, there's gonna be guys who get more touches, who get more opportunities, who get bigger numbers than I, I think that Markel Fultz is gonna be afforded to receive, which really hurts his chances. So I'm think, I mean, like of the favorites, it's Brunson Edwards. Green, Ball, Cunningham, Hallibur, and those are the names that you see at the top of the odds. Some of those guys make a little bit more sense to me. Do it, does anybody stand out to you, Chris, as like a most improved player, or is Fultz a good, solid story? I mean, back? I
1: just think that the, the, you know used a really high draft pick on Suggs. That's why I'd be worried about the the Fultz thing.
0: What about, what about to, somebody... Mean, oh, sorry, you go.
1: And when the other guys have popped off, Suggs was the one that didn't do as much, you know, as compared to, and he got better at the end of the season, but like as compared to Giddy, as compared to Mobley and Barnes and all those guys. So mm. your your management's wanna, gonna gonna wanna be right about Suggs. That's what I'd guess. And I, I know you could say, well, they could play together, but I mean you got Cole Anthony too, and you got these other guys. So and you a lot, just, lot of
0: a lot of mussa feeding. You just got Paulo Bancaro, who's yeah. gonna absorb a ton of touches. Right. I, just I just don't I see the false pick as throwing money away. Yeah. He's a I, snorer. Yeah. He's not a sleeper. He's yeah. a snorer. Yeah. Um, how, how about one, one outside the box idea here, Chris? Ben Simmons. Most improved? I'm i ju- I'm just like, what if what if Katie and Kyrie go back and he fully embraces the Draymond role? Screening for Kyrie Irving, totally changes who he it's is. It's ridiculous. As a player. He was all NBA. I'm just, no. after, after missing ridiculous. a year, I just. I have pulled up a list of odds. He was plus 7,500. Desmond Bain plus 5,000. Quickly plus 4,000. I'm looking at the end of the list, Chris. That's all. That's all. I don't think he'd win it. I wouldn't put a dollar on Ben Simmons. guy has been all but, NBA. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it'll probably be like a, a Halliburton type. Somebody on a new team.
1: Well, and a lot of times it's somebody that took like a leap to the next yeah. level. So like
0: they gave it to Morant. Morant didn't deserve it. And that's what I mean with Halliburton. So like with Halliburton, he gets traded midseason. Now it's his first full year with a team. He put up pretty good numbers with Indiana. He was like I don't here, 18, think he's 18 points be a per huge game. Star. He was like 18 and 10, but he could be the most improved maybe. I don't know. I just
1: don't think he's going to be a huge star. I think people, uh, I don't know. They They act. They acted, They when, when he got traded, they acted like the Kings traded Michael Jordan. Like, I mean, I like <laughs> Halliburton, but like, I mean, if you want to bet me that Halliburton makes five all-star games, I don't know if I'd take that bet.
0: Well, so we're talking about 2023 most improved. A question from Joe was, what's the wildest trade deadline candidate for 2023 that isn't on the radar now? It's from Joe Moore on Twitter. Not on the radar. How about LeBron James? Wildness? Uh, You want me to get wild? Wildest would be LeBron James' demands a trade. That would be the most wild of all, right? The Lakers underwhelmed. They're they're unwilling to attach 27 and 29 to get anybody. They want to keep their picks. And then LeBron's like, you know what? You're not going to go all in to win a championship with me now. I'm out of here. Trade me. That'd be the wildest trade deadline candidate. LeBron James. And that one's not insane. He's right? yeah, he's like he's not quite on the radar right now, but it's not insane. It's it's definitely uh like you could see that happening, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Also for so the Lakers, though, so it's not insane.
1: So like, for, let the La- me for the up uh, there Let me well, think for the
0: Lakers. One well, one thing though on that for the Lakers though, Chris, don't you think? Do you think they should be giving up twenty seven and twenty nine unprotected in order to build around LeBron now? When it, or should they be holding on to those knowing that LeBron has one year left on his deal and he said that he wants to play with his son in 2024? So do you want to give up 27 and 29 for possibly up to only two years of LeBron or more if you get, you're the team that gets Bronny? But I don't know. That, that, that's, a, that's a question the Lakers front office is asking themselves right now.
1: On well, the reason you're having to make those decisions is because he's put you in the mess in the first place.
0: Yes, with Russ.
1: I mean, he put you in the mess. And I think that's a lot of what you're seeing with the the lessons taken away from the uh, the Griffin thing, you know, now with the Pelicans. And I know you've been pushing for them to maybe make a play for bigger, uh, you know, like somebody even like a Durant or something like that. Like, but, you know, just the constant changeover and whatever and how hard that is. You know, you keep on trying to bring in guys and then you have to move out guys and you got to. You know, some guys don't fit with them, and some guys, you know, it, it's not easy. It's not easy, and he wants his guys, and he has a say in the matter. But now you're in that mess, and I understand if you're not, if you're done conceding.
0: I do. They just signed like almost every clutch free agent, though. Too. I know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, what more do you? And you want me to lose my draft picks? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Do you think? Do you think they should give him up though? To get I Kyrie think they should
1: have just kept Alex Caruso and KCP, and like they had a team that won the title. They should have run it back with their guys. <laughs>
0: like, but I'll now never considering understand. considering where they are now, though, do you think they should give up 27 and 29 to get Kyrie? No. How about Miles Turner and Buddy Heels?
1: Uh, think about it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. When's the last time Kyrie Irving made a team better? Like, when he was on the court, they were better than he when he was off the court.
0: And also, Kyrie isn't, like, actually available until Kevin Durant were to get traded anyway. Yeah, I, 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 I'm so like, sorry. Like, Kyrie, like, Kyrie's not getting moved unless Katie I know he's a big moves. name, but the yeah. Celtics
1: and the Nets were better when he wasn't playing than when he was.
0: And never mind how things ended in Cleveland. But he didn't yeah. talk to the team for weeks,
1: right? And not exactly the beacon of reliability. If
0: I'm LeBron, I'm not totally sure I want Kyrie. I might rather have Buddy Heald and Miles Turner and whatever other additional flexibility you get from those guys in a, in, in a deal. I'm trying to think of something that would be like like unfathomable. Like you can't even see a pathway to it right now. I'll give you one. Okay. Oh, you're gonna like this one. Drama!
1: Oh, <laughs> pops off on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I've given my heart and soul, and they ain't meeting me at the table. They're not gonna max him. And he says he wants to max, right? It's already started. Yeah. The disrespecting and he's already so flirt- maybe that's not he's that. He's flirting insane. with
0: LeBron. You see the photos of him with LeBron all summer. They're hanging out a lot.
1: Emotional guy. Yeah. Right. That would feel like this was a personal affront.
0: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, That'd be a cool heel turn, right, for Draymond and the Pod. I mean, if there
1: was somebody <laughs> that would pull off a heel turn, couldn't you see that?
0: Oh, it'd be great. You <laughs> should consider. That's good for contents.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying. To,
0: uh, yeah, I'm that's a good one.
1: Think. Yeah, there's a there's one that. I guess it is fathomable, but, you know, thinking about how they're going to have a chance to win the title and those guys together or whatever else, it's just because of that contract stuff coming out. Oh, yeah. Right? The contract stuff coming out and it being such a thing already where it's like, I want the max. They're obviously not going to give him the max. And so that kind of like, hangs over his head and it's a thing and he's answering questions about it and it's annoying and he's got the podcast to talk about it and he feels like he's given his life to this franchise and they're not going to take care of him, so I'll look elsewhere. He already talked about looking elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like it's already come up. They just won the title. He's a made man. He won his four titles there already, so he's in a different class. Maybe it's not as crazy as I think. I said that just, uh, you know, because it seems unfathomable with their group. But that is coming up on the horizon.
0: How about, I mean, since you mentioned Draymond, let's get even like really crazy here. What about Chris Paul in Phoenix with everything that happened this summer? Maybe Mm. things fall off a little bit. They're not quite the same. LeBron's in your ear. Hey man, we got Russ and two first round draft picks that we can still offer. He's He's never done that though. He's never never been that guy. That's what I mean. Like it just, it feels like it feels like it's not going to happen. Like there's a 0% chance.
1: He played it out in Oklahoma city and drugged them to almost a frigging home court advantage. It's not
0: him. I just don't see it. I don't see it either. I'm just trying to get really crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think you picked a good one there with Draymond, where it's not going to happen, but you could maybe sort of see it happening, and then with LeBron and the Lakers, we could see that happening. All right, this is from Josh. Hey, fellas, time we checked in on
1: players you still have stock on. Oh, we'll do this before the season. But which player islands yeah. are you keeping the lights yeah, we, on? We, we
0: could, we could, uh, we could do like a full episode on that.
1: Yeah, we'll do a full episode. Obviously, Marvin Bagley for me, though. I mean I, I, I'm I'm a I'm on Bagley Island. I had a few Detroiters, Detroitians, Detroit what what do they call it? What do you call someone from I Detroit? I tend to shy away
0: from those. I just say Detroiters? From, I just like to say like people from Detroit. People from Detroit. Yeah, that's yeah, typically what I go
1: Remember my Denmarkian friends? I've heard yeah. about that until so the day I died. <laughs> that was good. My Denmarkian yeah. friends. Yeah, I,
0: I tend to stay away from those because I never yeah. had any idea.
1: So a couple of them were there with me, <laughs> me and my homies from Detroit. <laughs> but that's <laughs> yeah, about see? it. That works great. Yeah. And we got to put up with John Hollinger still like banging on him all the time. But. Marvin, we got a big contract in the off season. Fun young team, future looks bright. I'd say Bagley and Sexton are the two that I'm still married to.
0: Well, Sexton's already good.
1: Yeah, I know. But I mean, he's gotten offered pennies on the dollar. Yeah,
0: that that's fair. Well, I mean, you know, I guess I I'd, I'd go. I'd stay in the same locker room as you, Chris. Mm-hmm. I have no choice but to hold my stock on Killian Got Ace. to. <laughs> I got no hold. choice. What am I going to do? Sell at a loss right now? You got no I'm choice. Gonna, I'm going to hold on right now.
1: Do you know <laughs> what's crazy? I was up in New York this past weekend and <laughs> I'm in LaGuardia, which is amazing compared to what it used to I mean, it's really? so nice, like a damn shopping mall. I now. can't
0: remember the last time I was there.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Anyway, I never like the
0: law. law, It takes too long to get into New York, all three other airports. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: So I'm there. I go and I grab some food and I go and sit in the corner. I'm going to charge my phone. I got about two hours at least till my flight. I was there early. And so I go and I grab some food. I go sit down. This guy comes up to me, younger guy. His name's Ben. He's like, hey, man, are you Chris Vernon? I was like, yeah. And he's like, my name's Ben. I listen to Mismatch all the time from New York, but I live in Chicago. And uh, he starts talking to me and I'm like, when's your flight? And he tells me, I was like, just sit down. So I I just made friends with this guy. I sat down for like an hour in the airport, (laughs) right? We're talking about everything. And he's like, my phone goes off every time you and Kevin fight about Frank Milikina. He said, I am the president of the (laughs) Milikina fan club. I love Frank. Frankie Smokes. I love it. And he's just going on. Yeah, this, let's go. I met a guy in the New York airport that's a listener of ours, and the guy says to me, I love Frank Nillikin. This guy yeah. hasn't, he hasn't sold a cent of stock. He hasn't sold a cent.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: You no, know, he loves you defending Nillikin, he told me.
0: So he told me, if only Frank could score. Oh. If, Frank, if Frank could score the ball. He'd be getting paid tens of millions of dollars, Chris, if he could just score the ball because he could defend. He knows how to pass. Dribbling and scoring, those are the issues. Put it in the bucket, Frank. (laughs) Hey,
1: that's called, uh, I saw that movie one time. What was it called? Oh, yeah, The Michael Gilchrist Story. Oh, you watched that? It was about this guy that could do everything but score. It was a terrible ending. His career ended after a short amount of time.
0: He made a lot of money, though. When I talk about Kylian Hayes, curse, it feels a lot like Frank Milikina right now. It's because he can already defend. He's a really good defensive player, or maybe even a great defensive player for the Pistons. He can pass the ball. He just can't score. I, I, look, I'm, lo- I'm going to tell you this. I'm loving the
1: fact that you are right on the edge of ditching French guys right when the best one ever is about to come down the
0: bike. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till you rank well, Victor Wimbayam. <laughs> <tent. laughs> well, how about? Well, here's the thing Usman Jang, he was a Ooh. French player. He I had stinks. him ranked. Yeah, he really stunk in, pre- in uh, Summer League, but. but <laughs> But I knew he was a risk. It's like I ranked him high knowing it could be a whiff. It's like this is an upside pick. Of course I might be wrong. And but this coming year with Victor Wembanyama, You know, you we talked about the put him Scoot. <laughs> we got Scoot in the G League. Wybanyama's got this muscular injury right now knocking him out. He's had oh, some no. injuries in the past. I wonder if there's any chance he doesn't Yo, go number I 1. Yo, I saw a any clip chance. the other
1: day come across Twitter and that bastard shot it from the logo.
0: Oh dude, I'm so I was like, "Come it, on. Isn't it the coolest thing ever to see all these Victor Webman-Yama clips going viral right now?" It's not even people, real. People are already it's not. Like he even if even if injuries are a concern, he should still be the number 1 pick. That's how amazing he is.
1: I remember it's kind of a sore subject with some tease, but I remember seeing Porzingis the first time in person. And I just could not believe that a guy his size could move like that.
0: This has turned up to even another level. And it's Porzingis.
1: Porzingis can't dribble like that. This is if Porzingis was pulling from 30 feet away. Handling the ball, too.
0: Some of the turnaround jumpers that Wembenyama can hit for mid-range are just absolutely... It's like clearly this guy has been typing Kevin Durant into YouTube and watching clips of him for ever since he was a kid picking up a ball for the first time. Here's another one, and this is a tough one. The Hornets have
1: clearly had the worst offseason in the league from having a coach go back on his word, basically on draft day, the awful Bridges scenario, the nagging feeling that lamelo can't truly be that guy how do they get better i know they're down on this uh hornets fans are down on this for sure and i do think that so many times we have talked in the past kevin about how i feel about young teams and the infinite importance of veterans with those young teams and that is one thing that i do think that that young group has sorely missed is having strong veteran leadership with them. I do think it's a mess with the whole, I I could see Clifford and Lamelo button heads. You could do. Mm-hmm.
0: Me too, and, for sure.
1: And the Bridges thing is an absolute catastrophe if we're just talking basketball. Obviously, the guy's facing three felonies. He's probably never going to get to play basketball again and, pro- and shouldn't, okay? I wouldn't sign him. So he's going to pay... For his crimes, hopefully, um, that set aside. You had a guy that was a hundred million dollar guy that really had a breakthrough last year, and now you're not going to have him. You know that, and and nothing to show for it because of the trouble that he got in off the court. Uh, book Night didn't do nothing last year. Um, you know, I. It was a mess. Yeah, I agree with you. That that was a team that had like a lot of promise just the, you know, really every time Hayward has played, they've been pretty damn good over the last couple of years, but they dedicated a fortune to a guy that just cannot ever stay healthy in Gordon, and so how do they? I mean, it's a tough path right now given the circumstances and kind of what they've lost. Uh, even from last year's team and trying to figure out how to build around LaMelo going forward. Um, I'd have to really, I'd have to really think about it, uh, probably more time than we have here, but building out around LaMelo and finding what, what would be the best, uh, And they they were going to go get a center too, right? And they I know they ended up with Mark Williams in the draft, but they did. That's what they ended up with, right? It's like I'd build out around Lamelo as much as I can, and I'd also get some damn veterans in there. Get some veterans in there that will be aligned with your coach and can also kind of show these guys the ropes and what it's like to be a professional basketball player. That would be my. That would be my first. Things I would do if you gave me the job.
0: I think you nailed it, Chris, on the Hornets, the difficult situation that they're facing for a lot of different reasons and the position that they're in now. And I think the recent, you know, talks, you know, Sham Sharania mentioned how there's other players in the Donovan Mitchell sweep, sweepstakes. And he mentioned the Hornets as a team that's had conversations for him. Danny Ainge has long loved Terry Rozier. You'd expect him to go back maybe. Maybe it's a Hayward in a deal like that too. But do you think going for Donovan Mitchell should be the type of move that the Charlotte Hornets should pursue to pair him with LaMelo Ball in yes. the backcourt. Yes. I agree. Uh, great fit. Sensational fit. Mo- yeah, mo- and it would be a sensational fit. Um,
1: you're not hurt because he's a diminutive guard because LaMelo's got size.
0: Yep, 6'7". Obviously, seven. you
1: got to get LaMelo dedicated, but he's, yes. also, he's also the kind of guy that I want my other players to look up to. Donovan Mitchell, by all accounts, is an outstanding individual. I
0: Hard know. worker, even though it doesn't always show on defense. I, st- I still right. look back at him when he was in college. He grinded on defense. I still think it's somewhere in him. I don't know what happened, but you would, you would hope he would be able to recover it.
1: Yep. So, yeah, I think that would be, be my first. Um, all right, last one we'll do. Are the Orlando Magic the most exciting young core in the league? Not including already proven teams. Um, two 6-10 self-creating initiators seems like a glimpse into the future. All right. Orlando. So, look, me and Kevin are distance fans. Um, <laughs> we got, no, that, I think Orlando will be third on my random league Past night. I think Detroit, so I love Ivy and Durin, who they've got. I've got the stock at Bagley. I love Cade. I like Sadiq Bay. Don't forget I Killian. For, I root for Killian. Thank for you. Kevin, for Kevin's sake. Um, Thank
0: you, Chris. I really appreciate that.
1: I think, so a couple of years ago, it was always Charlotte, <laughs> interestingly enough, that I watched. uh, You know, in that kind of 6 o'clock central window. Um, I think it'll be Pistons. Oak City. Orlando. I think it'd be in that order. I think that would be the order. Hmm. And I think that's the young course. And that's because of Gideon Chet. Gideon Chet. And Chet's going to be must-see TV, too. He's just so damn intriguing to me. Um, Somebody else else asked us about Rookie of the Year, and I do think Paolo's going to win that. So I am going to go out of my way to watch Paolo a lot. I. I love Paolo. Uh, I really like Suggs coming out. And so I'll root for his success. Um, and I think people have gotten down on him and just give him time because I think he's a player. But I don't really care that much about I don't. Know, I, I mean, I think if you're an Orlando fan, you care about Franz. You care about Fultz. You care about some Mama. of the other guys. But. They're not as fun to me as like Giddy and Holmgren.
0: Are. Yeah, I mean Giddy and Holmgren have already shown some of that playmaking chemistry. However, though, Chris, I think there's a chance, depending on how the system looks with the Magic, how they're utilizing Ben Carroll, that could be pretty exciting to watch. Oh, be, oh, let me say this: they, they, they got a, a lot of passers on that Magic roster. I'm gonna make and I'm gonna make Magic fans feel better.
1: I think they'll be they. Probably got the best chance to be the best of those three, team wise.
0: Yeah, because the roster the, probably the be the better talent. team.
1: They got talent. Yeah, they'll probably be the better team than the others. Uh, and oh, I forgot they got Bull. Bull. <laughs> yeah, probably. And they and they brought back your boy Bamba. <laughs> yeah. If they go Twin Towers, if they go Twin Towers, yeah, I mean. But I think Big Harrow will win Rookie of the Year. So I do think they're up there. I just think I like Detroit's is more fun. And I'd say say Detroit, Oak City, Orlando. It's off the top of my head. Is there anybody I'm missing? I like the Houston thing because I like Jabari and Jalen. I mean, it will be fun. They got exciting guys. I'll say this. The crappy teams have got some fun stuff to watch.
0: A lot of talent. And it's not just like the the top picks either. It's going
1: to be a really good league pass year because those are the teams that will never get to be on national TV, but it'll be good league pass year for watching the young players, for sure. I don't think there's any. Is there any other young team that I, young core that has not been successful yet that I missed? Oh, let me give you one more thing now that because I just looked at the standings to go back. Let me give you a sleeper that is a snorer, maybe. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. So, back to our could make a leap. What about the Kings? Hmm. That's a snorer, but who knows? That Keegan Murray looked like a yeah. freaking.
0: What, what, if, what if Fox keeps doing what he did to close the year after the Halliburton that's trade? That's
1: the be, and 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 I like Davion. Yeah, they're just so damn mismanaged. I can't trust them, but they got players too.
0: And until until they prove that you can trust, them yeah, like, they got like, some like players. What I'm saying is like could could this be the start of where you begin to trust them? Like, do you yes. like what they have right now?
1: I. They've got. They got a lot better players than their, like you look up and down their roster, there's a lot more guys on that team that I would want. And they're kind of, they would be viewed in the same class, let me just say as uh, the Wizards, right? I look at the Wizards roster and there ain't nothing I care about. And I look at the Kings roster and I take, seven, eight guys off that team. Like, at least. Like, they got at least seven or eight guys that are, like, absolutely legitimate NBA players that I would have interest. E- even with. a
0: Harrison Barnes, a yeah. Rashawn Holmes, our guy, a Mully yeah. Punk, right? Like, you take yeah. that guy on your team.
1: Yes, Davion, De'Aaron, Sabonis, mm-hmm. Keegan Murray. Like, they don't have I think they're kind of viewed on that same level as somebody like the Wizards, but I look at those two rosters and they couldn't be more different to me West is well it's not easy to navigate but they could they could be a lot better this year and they got a they got a real coach in there in brown it's been seventeen friggin years bro they gotta win something
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm I'm rooting for the kings to win something
1: well who wouldn't yeah <laughs> I mean it's no fun to root against them.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean I guess I, I guess if you hate the Kings, yeah. it's been a great seventeen years. But I mean at some point you just feel bad, yeah, right? I know,
0: right? Come on.
1: <laughs> I want these guys I want my guy Cole from Dissect to have one oh, freaking nice, good right? feeling in his life. Oh, that'd be great. Poor guy. Lives and dies with a team that never pays it off.
0: We 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 got one more one more question, Chris, from Julius are you guys ever going to post the full video podcast on YouTube or Spotify? I think we should, Chris. Oh, like we
1: have control of that.
0: that, Wouldn't it be sick next season, though, if we were able to do that? Like on Spotify, the full pod? That'd be cool. I don't
1: think that you were tagged on the email that we got back. At one point, you sent an email about that and like CC'd and I was on it. And then I guess they took your CC (laughs) out of it. But Spotify sent it back and they said, you guys are entirely too ugly. (laughs)
0: And so,
1: I mean, that hurt my feelings. And I think they knew it would hurt my feelings less than you. So they took you out of the email. But that's what we were told. They told us we were too ugly for
0: Nah, I've, I've, been, or I've been ghosted. Video. Uh, I've been told the honest truth. that I can handle the truth. It's all the same. It's, it's really it's, me. It's all, it's I, all I, the it's, same. Look, let's be fair, folks. I can deal with the obviously
1: me. Because Kevin's got the void, which is a friggin' video thing. So it's Uh, obviously me. So, for those of you that want me gone, I mean, look, they'd probably get on video if I wasn't here. I mean, <laughs> we,
0: we, it, it is for, it is worth noting for the listeners, you know, who don't follow on social. We do our social team does post some clips online. Sometimes I post yeah. some of my feed and on, on the Ringers YouTube page as well. Like we do have like ten, you know, eight to fifteen minute, you know, break breakouts yeah. from the podcast that are on the YouTube page. But posting the full podcast, I think, if we were to ever do that, that would be on the Spotify app. Hopefully, we can make that happen someday. That'd be sick. All right, we're going to negotiate that.
1: Thank you to our executive (laughs) producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And Kevin, I'll talk to you next week.
0: Have a good one, everybody.